Welcome to Speak Up, the Speech Pathology Australia podcast. This podcast series highlights conversations with esteemed contributors in the speech pathology space. We explore key issues in the profession in a short and easy to listen to format. In this episode, Emily Jackson, Associate Professor Suze Latau, and Dr. Mary Clayson talk about their research in children with DLD. Let's hear what they have to say. Hello, and welcome to the Speak Up podcast. I'm Tricia Chardon, the Queensland PD coordinator. I'm recording live from day three of Speech Pathology Australia's 2019 National Conference in Brisbane. I had the pleasure of speaking with Emily Jackson, Associate Professor Suze Lateo and Dr. Mary Clayson, who have just presented the session, Fast Mapping Short and Long-Term Words in Children with DLD, Examining the Influence of Phonological Short-Term Memory and Receptive Vocabulary. Emily, the first question is to you. What do we already know about word learning in children with developmental language disorder? So we know from quite a large body of research that children with uh, DLD do tend to struggle with the word learning process. Uh, Generally speaking, this is the case. We do know that there are potentially some pockets of children with DLD that don't struggle quite so much with the word learning process. Uh, and that's, you know, we, we won't go too much into that at the moment, but that is something that we are currently trying to work out in terms of whether there are certain underlying cognitive factors that maybe predict which children uh, struggle more with word learning over the others. But as I say, generally these children do have difficulty with the process of actually acquiring new vocabulary. And that tends to be that they struggle with learning the phonological form of new words. So they struggle to actually lay down the sounds really accurately. Mm. Uh, And they also tend to struggle learning the semantic representation of new words. So it's a little bit of a dual deficit, I suppose, for word learning. That's right, it's both the sounds for the sounds of the new words as well as the meaning of the new words. Absolutely. How did you assess word learning in this study and why? So in this study, we decided to focus mostly on that really initial stage of word learning. We refer to it as fast mapping and it's essentially where we give the children a really sort of brief Um, opportunity to learn new words. So in this particular study, the the children had just three exposures to some new words. uh, And it was in this little interactive play-based activity. So we had some Duplo blocks and we had some strange little homemade sort of aliens made out of clay. And they all looked really quite different from each other. They were very colorful. And we gave those aliens um, some special nonsense word names. So we wanted to make sure that there was uh, no chance that the children already had a label for the name. So we gave them some non-word names. And we also made sure that each of the, um, the, the labels were different in terms of length. So we actually had nine aliens all together. Three of them had a two-syllable name, so something like Podord. Three of them had a three-syllable name, something like uh, Gornapec, and then three of them had a four-syllable name, such as Yelantifa. 
So the names definitely, you know, sort of sounded as if they could possibly be English, but they were different enough from normal words uh, so that, you know, there was, there was no chance that they already knew those. So what you really did, Em, was try to create a, a, an activity that reflected what might happen when Absolutely. children first hear, the, that first one or two times they hear a new word in real life, mm. but then control for as many things as possible so we could really explore what was going on. Yes, and I think that's the trick because word learning potentially is quite sort of messy in a way. In real life, there are a lot of things that go on. Um, you know, there's lots of surrounding information or perhaps a child might learn a new word from a book and then there's lots of chat that goes around it. But for the purposes of the this task and for this study, we did need to control all of those factors with the kids. And the other thing is that the children heard those new words in context. So you yes. might say, Here's an alien, his name is Podord. Yes, absolutely. So they had a little bit of a sentence, just very simple sentence context. They had an opportunity to interact with the aliens and sort of move them around um, on our Duplo farm set if they wanted to do that. But yeah, as we say, we did control for as many factors as we could. and. I really just want to sort of go into the reason why we had those different lengths of the, um, the new words or those nonsense word names for the aliens. The key reason for that is that we were really trying to explore the influence of phonological short-term memory on the word learning process. So you might be aware of phonological short-term memory. It's a really important component of working memory and it involves uh, hearing uh, some verbal information or some spoken information and being able to temporarily hold that in short-term memory. And this capacity is a really important, it, well, it's considered a bit of a gateway into long-term memory. So theoretically, it does play a really important role in the word learning process but we wanted to explore that further. And don't we know from the research that children with DLD often have uh, or are often less good at short-term memory tasks? There's something Absolutely. about their short-term mm -hmm. memory span. Absolutely, and almost to the point where we do see uh, things like non-word repetition tasks almost as a bit of a clinical marker of developmental language disorder. You know, the majority of these kids would struggle on a non-word repetition task which does tap into that phonological short-term memory. The other important thing that we wanted to look at was that impact of the length of non-words. So we, or what we see from the literature in non-word repetition is something called the word length effect. So this is that, you know, generally speaking, children with uh, developmental language disorder might perform relatively comparably to typically developing kids when they have to repeat short non-words but then they start to I guess fall apart or their accuracy really drops once they have to repeat non-words that get longer and longer so it, it does sort of reflect that idea that that's when they hit their phonological short-term memory capacity whereas typically developing kids might do that a lot later they might be able to cope with longer words a lot better mm. so we wanted to firstly see if we could replicate that word length effect with our pre-primary children or five-year-olds in WA and we also wanted to see whether that word length effect would um, be apparent in the word learning task. So we wanted to see whether our 
uh, children with DLD would perhaps perform relatively well when they were learning the short words, but then perhaps they would, you know, struggle more with those longer words. Mm -hmm. And what did we find, Em? <laughs> what what do your find? findings suggest? Well, we found that with non-word repetition, we actually didn't find what we expected. We That's found right. something that, mm. you know, no, this, is the, this is the nature of research. We didn't quite get what we hypothesized and that's okay because it gave us an opportunity to unpack why that was. So on the non-word repetition task, uh, we found that the children with developmental language disorder were actually significantly less accurate at repeating non-words regardless of the length. So they were, they really struggled even with those short non-words in comparison to the TD kids. So no word length effects, just Absolutely, difficulty just repeating. Yeah, almost yeah. like a global difficulty. And so we weren't sure whether that was because um, our group of children with DLD had a, you know, particularly severe impairment in their phonological short-term memory capacity Potentially, it related to more global issues with phonological processing. So things like difficulties just encoding phonological information or analysing that information or possibly to do with motor programming. Uh, and that's something that, you know, we're going to try and explore a bit mm. more in our current study. But with fast mapping, luckily, we actually did find evidence of the word length effect, which was really exciting. So we did actually find that with the word learning task, the children with developmental language disorder performed quite well. You know, they were, they were not significantly worse than the typically developing kids when they learned the two syllable non-words. But for the three and the four syllable words, they were significantly worse. So we did find the word length effect for word learning. Just, Absolutely. Just not. For not with the non-word repetition memory. That's and correct. this has enormous implications for clinicians, I think, in terms of how we teach new words to children with developmental language disorder. Yes, absolutely. So Emily, what does this mean will be the next steps for your research? Well, what this means is that we are trying to explore further how we can actually translate this information into recommendations for intervention. Um, at this stage, we do have, I guess, just a couple of possible suggestions for what clinicians might like to do with this information. The first thing that I would suggest is that the non-word repetition task is so important to include. You know, it does give us a lot of information about that phonological short-term memory capacity, which underlies word learning. We are working on a, um, a protocol for word learning assessment that could possibly be used in clinical practice. And that's something that uh, we are hoping to release by the end of the year. So if you wanna stay up to date with that, you might like to go to our website, languageandliteracyinyoungpeople.com. With no spaces. With no spaces. <laughs> but in the meantime as well, I would suggest that from this research, we do see that children with DLD struggle with those long non-words. So clinicians might like to try and take that into account. And when they're teaching new concepts, you know, focus on the short, non, uh, the short words first and then build up and, and start introducing those multisyllabic words once that foundation has actually been laid. 
And if people would like to read more about the study and get a bit more information, uh, we do have the link to this paper, which has been published in the Journal of Communication Disorders, and that can be found at languageandliteracyinyoungpeople.com as well. Thank you very much, Emily, Thank Mary you. and Suze. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening and bye for now.